Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hi everyone, my name is Hannah. I am the kids and youth pastor here. It's so good to have you here. I want to extend my welcome to you. It's great to have you join us at City tonight. Um, Tonight, we're continuing our I Am series where we're looking at all of these big statements that Jesus made in the book of John, and it literally says, I am then something. And so tonight, we are talking about the end something of tonight is I am the vine. Now, this is a statement that you might have heard in church a bunch of times, and it sounds pretty nice, but actually in the time, the Jews and the Israelites, this had really deep, significant meaning to them. And Jesus, again, as he always does, is making this bold claim and changing people's perceptions and getting them ready for when he'll no longer be with them, when um, he won't be with them in person and he dies to save us and then sends his spirit. Um, So tonight he uses an agricultural analogy of the vine and hence the overalls. I tried to be a little bit agricultural tonight. Look at me, I'm a farmer. I actually have learnt so much about vines this week. So if you have, does anyone have a green thumb in the room? Anyone love plants? Plant lovers? Wow, I'm really with friends tonight (laughs) because I honestly love, who loves a good fake plant? Anyone? Anyone? (laughs) Loves a good fake plant? Plastic plants. I talked about this with Cirques and he said he can't tell the difference between the two. Cirques, this is fake. Just so you know, this is fake. This is my little beauty beauty for tonight. Um, so I, I literally was thinking, I should buy Cirque's a plant and get him to figure out which one's real and which one's fake. But tonight, for all of you not green thumbs, I hope I can teach you what I have gleaned, what I have learned this week as now a real farmer. But let me tell you, um, we are about to go into a story, a part of scripture that is truly beautiful. So Um, Let's pray before we kick things off. Lord, help us learn about vines. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you are a green thumb, that you um, created this world, that you created plants, that you created vines, and that with this analogy that you use through Jesus, there is so much beauty and depth to unpack about your character, about how much you love us, about how much you want to do life with us. Um, Lord Jesus, tonight, I just ask that. In what I say, in how I say it, it would bring glory to your name. Lord, that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about and unpacking how we can bring glory to the King of the universe. And I hope I do that with what I say. Lord, please use me. Use me as your microphone. Let it be your words, not mine. I pray that you'd do wonders in our heart and that we'd leave with a deeper understanding of how much you care for us. Lord, I love you. Please be with us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. So, John 15, if you have your Bibles, why don't you open them up on your phone even, Um, but it will be up on the screen. We're going to read from something that's a little bit foreign to us, the New King James Version. Guys, we are going to read from the New King James. How good. Um, No, the reason why is because there's a slight word difference. Usually in the NIV and a bunch of other translations, there's these three words, remain in me, which is beautiful. It's really beautiful. But 
in the New King James, it it says this word, abide. And I just have resonated with it so deeply this week, and it just has such a beautiful, deep meaning. So the New King James, let's go, um, John 15, 1 through to 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I him him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples." As the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. What a stunning passage. Honestly, I feel the privilege to unpack it with you tonight because I always read this passage and thought, oh yeah, that's nice, that sounds nice. But this week, I read it in a completely different light, and I hope I can take you on that journey too. So tonight, we're going to split it into two parts. We're going to split it into the vine and the fruit. But what we're going to do, to be a bit tricky, is we're going to talk about the fruit first. And I want to challenge our idea of what fruit actually is. And then we're going to go to the vine and what it means to be connected to the vine and how to grow and produce said fruit. And then we're going to go to the fruit again in the new light, hopefully, from what we have unpacked in this scripture. So fruit, vine, fruit. I hope you can bear with me. Um, But the reason why I have unpacked this scripture in a new light is because I read it so incredibly selfishly before this week. I want to bear fruit. Does anyone want to bear fruit in their life? Fruit being, it's I want to have a good life and the blessings from God. Does anyone want that? Anyone want that? I, I desperately want that. And you probably heard me say a bunch of times, wow, what a blessing. I, I have the best friends. Oh yeah, I did go away this weekend. It was actually lovely. Thank you for asking. It was such a blessing. It was such a blessing to me. Oh, why? Yes, I am going to Italy in two weeks. And you know, that is such a blessing. Like not many people get the ability to do that. And God has given me the blessing to do that. Honestly, yeah, life is a bit tricky right now, but God's a good God, you know? And I, and I know that he has me. I know that when I am in him, he will do amazing things in my life. Not joking, I've probably had this conversation maybe like 10 times this week. Um, But more often than not, what I would, would have done is I've equated good fruit to the things that are happening to me. God has blessed me. How life is hard, but God's blessings and fruit are in store for me. He has good things in store for me. And for Like in itself, that isn't incorrect because God loves us so much that he truly loves pouring out his blessings over us and giving us beauty and joy in our lives that fill me up, that fill us up. 
But this week, I fully did a 180-degree pivot of what fruit was in my head. It's so much better than the superficial fruit that I had that I was thinking of before I unpacked this. I always would look at verse seven. I'd just like be like, yeah, fruit, fruit, abide. Yeah, it says it many times, kind of confusing. But you jump to verse seven and it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you shall desire and it will be done for you. And I was like, how good. All I need to do is be in God and then all things will be given to me if I ask. That's so nice. Heck yes, it's almost good, too good to be true, but... As I unpack this, I realize that it has little to almost nothing to do with the fruit I was just talking about. It has nothing to do with the fruit that I was thinking that I would get for myself if I stayed close to the vine. But it actually, if you read this passage with an unselfish heart, the fruit actually is the absolute privilege and the absolute honor of living lives that glorify our Creator our Father, our Saviour. It has everything to do with what it means to be close to Jesus, to attached to the vine, to abide in the Lord and have the privilege of the Lord abiding in us too. If you are a Jesus follower in the room, who wouldn't want that? It just sounds amazing. It just sounds like the dream. And even if you don't know Jesus or you haven't accepted him or you don't know about this Christian thing, it's a bit weird, I wanna give you a little glimpse of what it's like to abide in the Father tonight. So with that in mind, yes, God promises us that he, because he is a really good God to give us joy and peace and love and all things that will help us as humans. But tonight, if we get what we're talking about right, we get the absolute privilege of glorifying God in the overflow of abiding with our Saviour, which would then seep into every aspect of our life. And honestly, it just makes me so excited. This is the fruit we're talking about in this scripture. So let's move to the vine. So I don't have many plant lovers in the room, but does anyone know anything about vines? Anyone? Cool. Oh my gosh, we're all going to learn together. Um, I am going to tell you how to make vines healthy and good, and I've learned so much. I practically am an expert, so if you want to start growing vines in your or grapes in your backyard, you know who to talk to, but... This passage, the passage, the agricultural analogy, <laughs> the vine, the vine is Jesus. Then we're talking about the vine dresser who is our father, who is God. The branch is us and the fruit is the bringing glory to our father. That's what we're talking about tonight. So we're gonna unpack kind of verse by verse and we start with verse one because it's a very good place to start. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus is making a really big claim right now. Classic Jesus. He's always rubbing people the wrong way with these truths about freedom that they don't actually know will be freedom just yet. But historically, Israel was the vine. And if you belong to the people of Israel, you bear fruit. Even the gates as you walked into Jerusalem, as you walked into the temple, had carvings of vine bearing fruit um, so that everyone would remember as they're walking into the temple that what they are attaching themselves to if they wanted to bear fruit in their lives. But Jesus is coming here and saying that 
We no longer need to find belonging in the temple, in the sacrifices, in being a Jew. But if you attach yourself to me and you belong to me, you will bear fruit. And everyone is welcome. Jesus is fully changing their theology and claiming all life is not found in the religious identity that they used to have. And not just in the Israelites or being a Jew, but it is for everyone. This truly would have been radical at the time. It's such a classic Jesus move. But for us, we look at this and we have the privilege of knowing that already. We see that and we're like, yeah, if you've been around in church for long enough, you know, yeah, that's for me. I know that. So contextually for us, what is the significance of this passage? I want to ask you a question. Who or what is your vine? What are you attaching yourself to today? Because we're attaching ourselves to so many different vines. Maybe you are actually attaching yourself to a religious vine. You're striving to be better. You're trying to earn salvation and live up to a standard. Um, You're trying to do all these things. But the problem with a religious vine is if you're doing really well, then it's prideful. You're like, oh yeah, I'm smashing it. Look at me go, how good. It's kind of self-righteous. But then if you're not doing well, It's really sad and it causes despair and it's kind of exhausting. And the problem is with these two things, we start swinging between the two because you want to do really well and you're doing really well. You're like, yes, I'm kicking goals. And then at another point, you miss the mark and you're sad and it sucks and you're like, what am I doing? You start swinging between the two and that's not the idea that Jesus has for us. Maybe you have, oh, you're attached to your work fine. You find identity in what you do. You want financial prosperity or you want to climb the ladder to be at the top. Maybe you have a social belonging vine where you're wanting to be popular or well-connected and how many friends you have. Maybe it's a family vine, a marriage vine, independence, political, ethnic, national vine. There are so many vines that we can attach ourselves to today. But let me tell you that the vine you are attached to will bear fruit in your life. Fruit is the evidence of what you are connected to. And so I ask you, what comes out in your character when you're stressed, when you're anxious, tired, when you're hurt? Who do you turn to when you're not doing well? What are you attached to? Have you attached yourself to social media? Endlessly scrolling just to like numb your mind. Honestly, I am so guilty of this. Maybe it's a Netflix show that you just use to escape reality. Maybe it's drinking. Maybe it's sex, maybe it's pornography that make you feel good in the moment. But we have to ask ourselves a really big question. What fruit are you hoping to see in your life? All of these vines will make promises that if you are in them, you will bear fruit. If you abide in them, you will get fruit. And you will probably get some kind of fruit. Depending depending on what vine you're on, you will get fruit from that vine. But tonight, I want you to think about the difference between God's fruit and the fruit of this world. They are so different. If it's a selfish fruit, it's fruit for your life to prosper, to do well, to fill the gap in your heart of things that just fill it for a short time, but it won't last. It it actually says a couple of verses down, you will wither and burn up. You'll be thrown into the fire. 
It will give you a moment of joy. But most of these things, not some of them, but most of these things in their right are not bad things. Some of them are and will cause bad fruit immediately, but some of them will cause it over time. But if you give yourself to the vine of God, I wanna spoil the message for you right now. If you give yourself to the vine of God, there is a joy that you can receive in your heart in its fullness that will bring glory to your Father. The fruit that you get when you're attached to his vine is purpose in your life that will outweigh and outlast all seasons, no matter how good or bad. It's a deep sense of belonging and value in the purpose you have been created for and you are called for. It's a freedom that qualifies you to live a life with no shame and no guilt. And it's an expectation of a life 80, 90, 100 years on earth and then beyond that, that is better than you could ever comprehend. Our challenge in this passage is to figure out what vine we are attached to and be excuse me, very, very careful what we attach ourselves to. It's a challenge. Part two, my father is the vine dresser. A vine dresser is somebody who prunes, trains, and cultivates vines. So not only does our father simply want us to attach ourselves to him, but he wants us to bear fruit by offering to prune, train, and cultivate us to not only bear good fruit, but great fruit, the best kind of fruit. Has anyone had a good grape and a bad grape? (laughs) That sounds so funny. Good grapes and bad grapes, or a good piece of fruit and a bad piece of fruit. They are literally worlds apart. Like a good grape, oh man, how good. Anyway, they're literally worlds apart, but that's what God is offering to give us, to live a life with the best fruit. Verse two and three, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Are you ready for my vine knowledge? Ready for this? We have a vine Branch fruit. How good. You cannot bear fruit unless you're attached to the vine. Mind blowing. There, yeah, it's true. You cannot bear fruit unless you're attached to the vine. That's how good my vine knowledge is. Um, They all actually work together if you didn't know that. Each branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. We first need to be attached to the vine, to Jesus, if we are to bear fruit at all. If we want to glorify God with the fruit that I'm talking about, to live life with joy and love and value, purpose and freedom, we need to be attached to the vine. But the hard truth in this passage is you can be attached to the vine and still not bear good fruit. And in that case, you'll be thrown into the fire and get, it, got, it will be get it will, you will be thrown into the fire. Let's leave it at that. If you are bearing fruit, God actually wants to prune us. He just doesn't want us. If you are connected to the vine, sorry, if you are connected to the vine, 
He doesn't just want you to bear good fruit. He wants you to bear great fruit. So God wants to prune us, which is equally as scary as it is an exciting concept for me. And what I wanted to do next, as we talked about it tonight, I wanted to swap and talk about what it actually means to be in the vine. But then I realized how kind of cool that it is that the pruning part is first. It kind of tells you what you're in for if you say yes to Jesus. So we're going to go with that. We're going to go with how the scripture wrote it, which is good. Um, So what are you in for? Vine knowledge. I have more. Did you know? Um, If you want to grow grapes in your backyard, If you do all the research, you will not find one grape grower that will just let you grow grapes um, rampant. Pruning is the single most important job you can do in a vineyard. Now, guess how much, guess how much you have to prune grapevines to produce good quality fruit? On average, in a vineyard, you need to prune 80 to 90% of the vine, of the new growth on the vine every single winter. Every single winter. That's a lot. Grapes are produced from new shoots, not old branches. Heavy pruning is actually the best way to yield fruit and light pruning results in large fruit, but very poor quality fruit. And you know what is said, that if you want to in your life groups unpack, I really think this is a really cool thing. No matter how old or neglected vines are, they can probably be saved. That's just something that your mind can go wild with because I'm not going to unpack that tonight. But the most important element to growing grape vines is intentional and informed grape vine care for an extended period of time. You must be ready for long-term commitment. Healthy grape vines that are planted, trained, pruned, and nurtured in the right way can continue to produce juicy grapes for decades. With our vine dresser's help, we can produce decade-long fruit, and in our case, eternity-long fruit if we choose to attach ourselves to the vine and allow ourselves to be pruned. This doesn't mean that life will be easy. Maybe it means that when things are going really well and everything pivots and turns to be different to what we expect, that maybe God is pruning us and getting, getting us ready for even better, more juicy fruit than we could possibly imagine that glorifies Him. How cool is that? Oh, it gets me so excited. So what does it mean to be attached to the vine? I am the vine, you are the, verses, verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I am him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Abide in me, this is Jesus saying, abide in me, and I will abide in you. Abide in this passage is said 10 plus times. So it tells you that you need to pay attention to it. Abide is to bear patiently, to endure without yielding, to withstand, to wait for, to accept without objection. Abide in me and I in you. So what does it mean to abide in Jesus? God set up how we are to abide in him from the beginning Before time, before the creation of the world, God made a choice to come down from heaven in the form of Jesus, to insert himself into creation rather than being apart from it. 
Our God, who is equally transcendent apart from creation, decided he wanted to be equally imminent in creation itself by creating, by sending, sorry, Jesus. When Adam and Eve were created, they were created to bring glory to God. And when sin separated us and him, Jesus came to restore us. It was the ultimate act of love, the ultimate sacrifice to send his son. But let me make a big call here. We often reduce God to being our sin saver and forget that by sending Jesus draws us into a Trinitarian relationship of love. Let me tell you what that means because I didn't understand this concept until only this week, which makes me so excited. I love learning new things. The Trinity, God, the Jesus and the Holy Spirit glorify each other. And rather than, I always heard the concept of it being like a three-headed dog, but I think it's better described, as one of my lecturers said at uni, that it's described as a dance between one another, moving together as one, creating beauty and intimacy and showing love and glorifying one another. And when God created the world, we are invited into that beautiful dance. We are invited to be connected. By being connected to the vine, Jesus, to Jesus, we are invited to participate in this Trinitarian love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How beautiful is that? We're called to be connected to God who loved us so much he sent his Son to us so that we could be forever drawn into a love that is truly transcendent. So abiding in the Father is saying yes to Him, coming, saying yes to Him, coming into our hearts, saying sorry for the things that we have done wrong and allowing Him to fill us with this love and forgiveness. We then get the opportunity to live a life that is truly set apart for His kingdom, for His glory, for fruit. Then after making this decision, We need to attach ourselves to the vine. And what does it look like to stay attached to the vine? We need to allow God's word to abide in us. I'm no reader, but reading God's word is truly one of my greatest joys in life. And the enemy will always make excuses for you not to read his word. And his word is what we need to fill our hearts with, fill our minds with. Abiding in him means being in community. It means coming here, doing life with each other. It means going to life group and unpacking God's word together. It means worshiping him like we did at the start. That is abiding in him. It requires true intentionality. And so beautifully, this concept is just so beautifully written in this passage. In verse six and seven, there's this two-letter word. It's if. (laughs) And I don't know whether you noticed it, but it's really cool because this if word gives us a choice where we get to choose to follow him. It tells us with brutal honesty also what our choice um, will result in. By the way, So brutally, verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather him, them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. It's harsh, but it's honest. When God comes back, 
those who have chosen to not follow him will suffer the consequences. But verse seven, if, if you get a choice, if you abide in me, this is Jesus talking, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you'll be my disciples. If, if you choose me, if you choose to be connected to the vine, to abide in Jesus, ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So coming back to the fruit that we produce with what we have just talked about, in, talked about the true fruit of your life is not for human glory. It's not for us, but it's to glorify Him. The fruit that flows out of us is His glory. If you have a choice because of God's grace, we have a choice to say no, but we have a choice to say yes. And because of that yes, we get to glorify the King of the entire universe. Oh, I have literally been so undone by this. So my selfish ideas at the start of this passage fully swapped this week. If you abide in Him, you get to truly glorify the Creator of the universe. When you're attached to the vine, you are pruned as well. It's equally scary as it is amazing. You are pruned to bear fruit, good fruit. And that fruit, when you, He says, you only ask and it shall be done for you, you will only ask what He wants you to ask. You'll be transformed into the I am to be more like Jesus because you only want what the Father wants. You don't care about anything else. So it becomes completely, it's the opposite of selfish. It's the true definition of beauty. And if we say yes, if we say yes to being pruned, if we say yes to God, the overflow is a joy that we receive in all of its fullness that glorifies our Father. It's a purpose for our life that will outweigh and outlast all seasons. It's a deep sense of belonging and value in a way that you have been created and who you have been called to be. It's a freedom that qualifies you to live a life without shame or guilt. It's an expectation of life on this earth and beyond that is far greater than we could ever comprehend. Jesus is inviting us to be connected to Him, to allow the Spirit of God to form within us a fresh understanding of who we are in Him and bear fruit in our lives that other people, let me tell you, other people will only long for until they say yes. I wanna finish with the beautiful encouragement of Jesus in verse nine to 11. As the, this is Jesus talking. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that you may remain, that my joy, Jesus's joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Oh, I sat in this passage and just am so in awe. So tonight, I have a couple of responses. The first one is, I wanna ask you, are you 
attached to the vine. Zerx actually gave this word at the start where you're hanging on by a thread. And I kind of felt the same way that there's some people that are just hanging on by a thread. But God actually wants to do that thing that I told you to talk about in your life groups and renew you as a branch and renew the fruit in your life. But if you've never said yes to Jesus, I want to invite you. It's an invitation to this thing called Alpha. Alpha sounds funny, but it's actually beautiful. It's this course that you can do where you come together with other people and you can ask your big questions. No question is too big. Well, Yes, no question is too big <laughs> and you can wrestle it out with other people and there's no shame, there's no, there's no worries if you don't know anything. It's there to learn and it unpacks these beautiful truths about who God is. So if you don't know who Jesus is and you are not attached to the vine, but you want that, I really encourage you to come to Alpha. It's, it's beautiful. But for the rest of us, I wanna ask tonight, my response for you is, what vine are you attached to? What do you maybe need to prune tonight or let God prune from your life to start bearing good fruit? Why don't we all stand, jump up on your feet. We talked about this idea of being attached to these vines that aren't actually helpful, that are bearing bad fruit. I want you to close your eyes tonight. Think about the things that you go to when you are stressed, when you're anxious, when you're tired, when you don't really wanna deal with life. What do you go to? What vine are you attached to? Maybe there's an opportunity for you tonight to let God prune that away and just come before Him on your knees and say, sorry. That's all you gotta do because He wants you to bear the most juicy, beautiful, beautiful fruit you have ever. You could even, greater than you could even imagine. So tonight, I just wonder if you and God might just do some business together. What do you need to prune away? Where do you need to come before Him? Just say sorry and ask Him to start rebuilding these branches and fruit in your life that will bring glory to His name. We're gonna sing this song, but just in this time, just you and God, spend some time with Him. If you don't know what that looks like, ask Him. God, what do I need to prune in my life? Where can you prune me so I can start seeing more fruit to glorify your name and let it seep into every part of my life? We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.